What's up, humans? Welcome to the Human Music Podcast. I am Luke Rain. My co-hosts are Tesco and Rip Kinney, and we're all music producers, artists, and producer coaches. This show is where we discuss all things music production and interview amazing creatives about their origins, their process, and whatever else comes up. This week is episode 96, Metronome on Viral Success, Chasing Validation, and Finding Inner Peace. Metronome is a musician and music producer from New Delhi. India, now living in Seattle, Washington. He came up in India playing multiple instruments and touring with the band Fire Exit before moving to the U.S. and falling in love with electronic music production. His finger drumming videos on YouTube went viral in 2012 and 2013, amassing millions of views and gaining worldwide attention. His past since then has been winding and extremely interesting. We know you are going to love this interview. The song of the week is Metronome's tune Reflections, and there's links to that below low smooth housey vibe you can hear behind me and uh you can support our sponsors while you're down there like dojo tv which is free producer live stream classes from the dojo senseis tesco's new patreon channel where you can get uh, a lot of access to his uh, educational content project files behind the scenes footage track feedback and private lessons the weekly download where our mentor ill gates has private weekly group lessons and you can access his entire archive for just 20 bucks a month and guest practices where you can learn from seth drake at the approach institute the best engineer we know and your first class over there is free why not sign up for that uh, our website is thehumanmusicpodcast.com where you can find all our socials and free sound packs but let's get on into this episode with metronome hello people of earth this is tesco with rip kenny and trap jesus and you're listening to the uh human music podcast Woo! hmm human music podcast i like it All right, humans. What's up, everybody? Human Music Podcast back in this bit. Yeah, making it big. Yeah, you know that time again. I'm I'm Luke Rain. We got Rip Kenny and Tesco, my beautiful co-hosts, and we got a very special guest. We're excited to talk to today, my guy Metronome. Hello. What's good, buddy? Just hanging out. I had a haircut and I'm going to Cancun tomorrow. In the hey. middle of so much things going on. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, sounds like the move, man. Actually, uh, next week I fly to Mexico so as well. Oh. So, yeah, Where man. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be down uh, in like the Mexico City general vicinity for a few days. A couple of days in Mexico City, a couple of days outside, and then I'm flying over to the Yucatan and spending. Uh, probably close to a couple of weeks over there and then down to guatemala right on man cracking yeah coming up have you been to these places before nope none of them none of them i went to like puerto vallarta when i was a little kid but you Mm. know yeah fun to excited to travel get out there but uh have have any any of you been there i've been to cancun yeah A, a long time ago yeah it was pretty nice Nice. I mean, definitely. I'm in Canada right now, and it's snowing, so I'm yeah, definitely man. jealous. I'm in Seattle, and it's uh, just rain. Seattle winter stuff, and so Seattle. I am ready for that 78 degrees tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's gonna come nice. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Tell me what the cracking spots are, because I'm gonna be over there in like three weeks. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. yeah. I'll, but, be, I'll be about it. Yeah, man. But yeah, metronome, man. I, you know, I want to get us started by just having you tell us your superhero origin story. How did you become the music maker that you are today? Well, I um, just no, I'm just joking. I was so I was born and raised in India, and um, you know, all my dad has always been. Uh, <clears throat> I've always found him when we would go to restaurants, and there would be this band playing that he would always go there and just say, can I also sing a random song? And then he would just sing and all of us would be like, oh my God, what is he doing? Just embarrassing. And I think <clears throat> all my all my childhood being raised in India, um, seeing my dad always, you know, sing and record karaoke stuff here and there, I would always find it pretty cool to just <clears throat> scream into the mic and then turn on reverb and then just feel like I'm like a professional singer. So I just I would just always go into his room when he would do anything, steal his stuff, and just start saying things and add reverbs on them. Um, and so I started feeling like I'm a professional musician. But <clears throat> being in school, I was like, I think the first time anything music started was I saw my guitar, my friend playing guitar in tenth grade or eighth grade, and he was really good at this. He was playing uh, "Summer of '69" by Brian Adams, and this was classic, like long time ago. And so I saw that and. Immediately that sound got my attention. I wanted to learn guitar, but I had no idea how to. Luckily, my brother decided to buy a guitar and quit it after three weeks. <laughs> so there, was a, there was a guitar at home. And so I would look at my friends playing the chords and try to recreate that exact thing at home. Like, oh, middle finger, third string, this fret. And then I started learning D major, D minor, G major, all these chords. And after playing guitar for a while, there's this... Uh, school band that I started with some friends and we were playing a lot of uh, Creep by Radiohead constantly. Yeah. That's the one song we'd always play. Um, from that, I think my passion for guitar started, but then I also wanted to make uh, play the keyboard. And when I started playing the keyboard, I started seeing that the world around me was telling me to start stick with guitar because that's what you're good at. And I personally just liked whatever sound would come out from. So I would just start doing that. And then from keyboard, I became a drummer. I self-taught myself drums. And then in college in India, I remember I was, uh, there was a pop not a popular band. There was a band locally in New Delhi in India that was performing here and there. And their drummer quit. So <clears throat> I had always done air drumming at home, listening to Metallica and all this. stuff, so just air drumming with my, with my hands. And doing that enough, I thought one day that if I sit on a drum kit, it would sound pretty much like I'm imagining. And when I did, it exactly was like that. I think if you're good at air drumming, you're like, okay, I see everybody doing it. It's hi-hat, kick, and snare. And then when you actually start doing it, you kind of surprise yourself that just the power of observation can jumpstart the mind to um, you know, not go through that step-by-step um, -step fundamental boring exercises, everything. If you're just paying attention throughout your life to how somebody's uh, doing something, I think that just looking at that was easy for me to see that, oh, this is how your fingers are. That's how your hands are. That's how you're holding the stick. And eventually when I would start doing it, it would sound pretty bad, but with practice, it started coming together. So I joined that band and I, that guy was like, hey, I heard you play drums. Um, do you want to be a part of the band? And I said, sure. Uh, and I didn't play the drums. I only aired uh -huh. <laughs> And So he was like, yeah, come on through. We'll jam something. And they were playing regular four by four chord changes, just 10th grade or 12th graders. Um, and not much complicated stuff. So I just started jamming and they could easily tell that I have no idea what I'm doing. 
I'm all <laughs> loose. I'm not. I'm playing double time on hi hats on songs that don't have double time hi hats,、uh, like Creed songs and stuff like that. And from one thing to another, we started playing one gig after another. Kept practicing, kept practicing, and I started skipping school. So I was doing software engineering. I would take the car, skip school, and go straight to band practice. And I, I think by the fourth semester, my parents saw the grades, and they're like, "Wow, you have all F in every single class、um, for two semesters in a row." And I was like, "Yeah, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. I think I'm wasting my life." But I'm in this band. And two months later, we got featured on the Rolling Stone magazine. Holy! Wow! What?、Um, yeah, and so because we were doing a lot of gigs. And in New Delhi, <laughs> 2008, this was starting to become a new scene in New Delhi in India, where bands are performing all these metal rock stuff,、um, especially young kids' bands and gigs at, at places. So, I was always like a terrible student in studies everywhere. But all my bandmates were、uh, politics major, or political science and science major, electrical engineering, and this and that. And that's what in India the general the vibe is always like. Yeah, most people you know are doing science or some sort of business. So when you're not doing that, you feel you get you get this vibe that you better study or you'll be left behind. There's nothing else out there because nobody in India is following their passion like that. At that time, when I was a kid, I wasn't as open, and I was the only one out of all my cousins' friends who was like very casual about failing subjects at school and. A continuing music performance.、Uh, so when that Rolling Stone thing happened, I realized that I can use this thing to do more music stuff later on in life. And so I moved to the U.S. in 2008. My family had a green card, so from India, I moved to the U.S. Santa Barbara, and I joined Santa Barbara Community College for music. And I was like, "Yeah, this is my Rolling Stone is my only flex." And they were like, "Yeah, man, come on through." We don't even care. We're just taking every student, like, regardless. That's a big flex.、Um, What was the band called, if you don't mind me asking? It's called. It was called Fire Exit. Okay. And we were playing a lot of、uh, Audio Slave,、uh, Tool. Not so much Tool, but Audio Slave, Cre- like Radiohead again.、Um, and then we had some original songs, and they were also. They're all in English. It's not. There's no、um, Indie songs. But man, I think that's a genius name for a band because by law nobody can block you. Yeah, <laughs> and also uh. Uh, apparently the story was that the bass guitarist of that band used to take one of his like girlfriends who was dating another dude that he knew, and he, they would go to this fire exit at the mall and smoke joints and make out with each other. And so he was like, "I named this band Fire Exit." So there was all this ego in the bass guitarist. Like, I named my band Fire Exit. Pretty awesome stuff.、Um, nice. But、uh, it was pretty great.、Nice. Really, really awesome guitar、uh, bass guitarist. He's now uh, uh, running his own studio in New Delhi. It's called Ferris Wheel Studios, and it's a very, very popular place. Like many celebrities go there、uh, to record. It's a full-on, like, actual rooms and rooms of studio and glass and stuff.、Um, but moving to Santa Barbara, I started. Doing all this music stuff, and I was just learn. I was like learning production in school, and they're teaching. Like after one year, all I learned was how to add an audio track and how to, you know, record ARM things and just start doing it and what a plugin is and maybe two, three Pro Tools plugins, and that was it.、Uh, and then I heard dubstep for the first time,、um, and it was two thousand eight, and I and that dubstep was 
I think it was like nine, 1995-ish sounding dubstep with just sub bass going womp, womp, womp here and there uh, with a little bit of FM on it and just drums. And it was nothing else. When I first heard that, my first thing was I want to make the wop sound only and nothing else. Um, and so I just started, I downloaded, um, gar- I had bought the Mac, so it came with GarageBand. And in GarageBand, there was this one thing where I, I turned the, the mod wheel on one of the bass sounds and it did the filter opening sound and it sounded like a full womp and i was like oh yes this is forever for the rest of my life this is the sound that i want to do <laughs> um and so i started listening to datsik rusko rusko um all those people that were there on 2006 time and i really got into it but when it came to um producing there was no metronome or anything happening at that time uh and i asked one of the band member what this one other band in india his guitarist i talked was talking to him on facebook and i said hey um where can i uh i told him where can i find a good metronome because i wanted to practice drumming with the drum pad and he said you should go ask a metronome and then i saw that and i was like oh i'm gonna take this i want to use this and he was like sure and i was like i will use this and I will become popular and I'll make millions of views and I won't credit you at all. Where we deal deal on that today? And he's like, haha, deal on that today. And so I was <laughs> like, great. And so I took that name and I was like, I, I was like, hey, writing this one more time that if something happens, you're not gonna take any money, you're not gonna come after me. This is final. I'm using this idea. It's over. And he's like, started laughing about it. He's like, yeah, man, take the name and go do whatever you want to do with it. And so I bought a machine after two years of that college in Santa Barbara, I wasn't able to clear general education because I failed that in India also. And so I was good with music courses, but general ed, I was just not studying. So I was kept failing. And I told my dad, I was like, hey, look, I'm fortunate you're paying for my school. Uh, how about you stop doing that? And I stopped going to school. And then uh, you give me like a 10th of a semester fees. Just get me a laptop, a machine, a beat pad and Ableton. And initially, obviously, it was a shock. He was like, what are you talking about? It's not going to happen. And eventually, I showed him that, look, I don't know how to study. I can't graduate. I know how to do it. I'm just, it's not in there. Like, anything I do, keep gravitating towards music. And I don't think I need to study economics at all to show you what I'm capable of doing with music. So just try me for, like, a little bit. And so he got me a machine. He got me a sound interface, laptop. And then I just started playing one loop after another. And then I realized the power of beat pad and adding bass sounds on certain other pads. And you can pretty much do same finger drumming and it can sound like all those songs that I played. When I first started doing that, one of my friends saw that on FaceTime and he was like, you should just record this and just put it on YouTube. And I said, sure, let me start a YouTube channel with Metronome. The first thing, somehow it was always in my head. I was like, I'm not going to start anything if I don't have my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, slash, same exact thing. Uh, yeah, when we that talk was, about that a bit. Ahead of your time. Just yeah. Yeah. All of everything became its metronome because just metronome was taken many places. And so website, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, whatever I had is all its metronome. And then it felt more official doing that, that, oh, you set up an artist profile. Now you're connected all throughout your platforms. So I started putting one video and got some likes. Second video, got more likes. And then 
Third video did another original, and then fourth one I made a remix of Ellie Golding's Lights. That's a and that, some guy posted on Reddit and said, "Hey, this guy deserves a lot more views. Check it out." And uh, that video got a hundred and twenty-seven thousand views on the third day. Well, that was the first time at that point. A hundred thousand felt like the new million today. Um, and so, hundred K, two thousand and twelve. I saw that and I was like, "Wow, this is." Mind blowing! Like there's people just coming out of nowhere that I haven't shared this music with.、Um, how do I continue doing this? And that's all I continued doing every day. All the videos that you see, I would practice first, make the song, then transfer it to the beat pad.、Um, although most of my productions would happen directly on the machine, like I would put all my sounds there, then start playing whatever the patterns would come out. That would become the actual song,、uh, and I would practice for about 14 hours every day. Thirteen, fourteen hours every day for like three weeks,、um, and then the fourth week would be the recording. And one video, and then I put out the another remix, Rihanna, "Where Have You Been" on All My Life remix. They took it down two times. Then I took put Maroon Five remix. Then when I did Breaking Bad remix, that's when it went up. It was like over two, three days later, it was like a million views, one point three million. And then Jesse Pink, Aaron Paul tweeted at me. And、uh, he was like, "Hey man, this is, this is good stuff." And I was like, "Wow, this is unbelievable!" So I responded to him. I was like, "Yeah, bitch!" Like a long one, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and,、um, he didn't respond to that. And then I like felt all weird. I don't know why, because I was like new, and I was like another justification message to him why I said that. Just some weird shit. Yeah, as you、um, as you do. And then、um, then I put, put that put out the Game of Thrones remix, and、um, that. Uh, iPhone remix that when we、yeah. when Game of Thrones came out and that was my last video that I uploaded and after that video、uh, Macy Williams Arya Stark tweeted at me、um, Hodor who's a DJ in real life his manager reached out to me and then we were on a phone call and then he told me that Christian who's Hodor from Game of Thrones he's like he loves your remix、um, and he wants to hang out with you so if we're, if we're in the US we'll let you know if we're in your city and you can come hang out but Let's also. He also wants me to get you on our same tour line, so we can start touring together. And I was like, "Yeah, let's go." And so that started. And I, he, I asked him, "I was like, can I speak with him?" And he's like, "Yeah, actually, he's not here. Next week, he's coming. If、uh, we have a call, then I'll, I'll bring him on the line. He'll be next to me." And I was like, "That's pretty cool."、And、that never happened though. But that was the last video I made, and since then,、um, there was. Intense two years of depression, like massive during the peak time, and since then I've just been slowly getting back into music, and I started doing more 3D game design.、Uh, but in the last seven years, the number of comments that say "Where are you?"、Uh, they they're pretty much consistent.、Uh, they keep coming. But that is a, a very summary of the details of how I moved from India.、Uh, to wow, that's quite a story. Yeah, amazing story, and and、um, I'm curious because you know you you led us through through all of the kind of ups of the experiences, and、um, you know it it sounds like there were so many good moments in there where you、right. could have said I told you so, and like you felt、yeah. accomplished, and and I'm really curious,、um, uh, you know. If you're open to talking about it, what what was your kind of thought process leading up to that peak, and then 
what what was it that was causing you to feel kind of yeah. like uncertainty in your direction after you achieved what you know before would have been like a crazy milestone yeah, like objective right no uh thanks for i'm actually very comfortable talking about all of this my um i i never had in my life and i told you so feeling inside uh, i was found that to reassuring, be reassuring i mean yes like yes. reassured that there you're was, on the right this track of like knowing that i knew what i was trying to do i knew i wasn't going to stop but nothing when i first started i did not know i was capable of million plus views but the moment i put out my third video that got that 127000 daily golding uh, then immediately i was like oh this is i can do this i need to do this and then when it was achieved there was definitely that recognition of at least to my dad i was like see now you can go around telling people that my kid has like millions of views which doesn't do anything to anyone and then he continued doing that regardless uh he was pretty proud but leading up to the peak was started feeling i would say last three main videos were um breaking bad iphone and then game of thrones and after the breaking bad i immediately realized that those millions of views that came so quickly i had put in a lot of effort into that um there's this part in the video where i push the button and the video changes and i switch to the new costume as yeah. the hat and then i also carved the that was really cool part too um i carved the pumpkin with my logo there was a lot of like physical practical work that was put into the video itself and with every video i was making i was realizing that pushing your limits from the previous video obviously makes the audience also see that you're evolving changing uh which makes sense why more views would come in because you're outdoing it sort of but then it starts becoming more about impressing somebody and less about making the music itself then it becomes more about validating uh keeping this going because now i'm in a loop to get it i don't know what but i got to keep getting it and i'm going towards it and as soon as i get a taste of it i want it more without the effort that goes into it because i realize how much effort it took for this video and you can look back and appreciate all the things you have done um but to really see what next i have to do that appreciation can give you more motivation for maybe another month another month and you keep looking back on what i i have achieved so that i can become motivated but with every video the more time i was putting in i started feeling more and more pressured to do that and i started feeling as though man i wish i could just upload a video uh, or an audio with just an image but somehow i set up the boundary for myself thinking that i need to keep putting out real videos because if i don't then my audience will think that this is boring we don't want to see an image we want to see you press the buttons because that's what it is in a sense sure that is but to let that take over my whole career uh mean was sort of feeling in the sense that i'm not going to do audio i am going to keep doing my videos so i did another video then when i was working on game of thrones i remember it took me 2 months which never happened prior to that and every day i would make it a the whole tv show is so like dark and the whole song that i was playing everything in my head was sounding very like um that i'm forcing myself to make this remix it's been 2 months it's not feeling natural so maybe i shouldn't and i was like all right i'm not doing this anymore and i just came out with the iphone remix in 3 days and i dropped it 
without anything prior, no practice, nothing. It's three days, four days, maybe practice, and then five, six, fifth, six day video editing, seven day was uploaded. And that video got four million views the next morning. And nothing like that had happened prior. And so that made me even more depressed that I'm like, man, I've been working so hard on these other concepts. They don't, that's what I really want to do. Uh-huh. This iPhone remix sounds really bad. I didn't like it. I was like, this is so, such a bad song that I'm making. Why am I even doing this? I and really I, like that song. <laughs> now, then when the response came, that made me like it more, which made me again think, do you function based on other people's approval of things or do you have your own say in anything at all? No, that's so uh, tough. And, Some mind fuck. Right? And to realize that is a very healthy response, I think, just to see that this is what I am doing in my daily life. I'm trying to be something. So the more I'm trying to become something, the less relationship I'm having with music because I'm trying to use the music to become something successful or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I was doing the music the first two years of my YouTube channel, um, I wasn't doing it to become famous, to become anything, nothing. I was doing it because I saw that when you put a song out, um, you get the response, you, you're able to see what neutral ears think about your music, even if it's bad comments. You're able to neutrally see that, oh, you don't like this part, I'll work on that. So seeing feedback or criticism helped me shape that music. But I was never doing it because I wanted to be big. But I think after that first viral video, then you start seeing on Facebook all those friends you've friends that you have on Facebook, they're starting to share all these videos um, everywhere else. Buzzfeed started sharing my stuff, uh, TechCrunch, um, HuffPost, I think. They were all like sharing all these things. And I started feeling very, um, I started feeling like, wow, this is what I really want. Screw all this o- organic feeling with music. I just want fame, girls, tour buses, uh, parties, alcohol. And so I started doing it all for that. And then when that final viral video came out of iPhone, I got interviewed by news channels in Germany, Ireland, UK, all other places, constantly all notifications for that whole month, um, everywhere. It was all over the place. And that's when I started feeling scared. I started feeling that I don't know how to perform live, which is not hard to learn, but I'd never really done it. Um, So just seeing that, how would I do what I'm doing here live? Because in the video, I also have some white noise layers in the background, some effects going in and out, but most of the drums and basses are all controlled by me. So thinking about how do I get this song quality with live got really stuck in that zone. And I started feeling as though I'm not ready to face this amount of incoming information of like, hey man, awesome, keep putting out more, we're looking at. Like the there's a sunburn festival in India, which is like a EDM festival that happens, it's a pretty big one. They tweeted at me and said, wonderful stuff, we're look, we're keeping an eye on you. And it started feeling like I'm heading towards live performance, whatever, Coachella, whatever status, that I just keep doing it. But somehow it felt as though I'm not being true to myself and that all these comments I'm seeing, wow, you're awesome, you're this and that. Deep down inside, I know I'm getting slowly resentful. I'm getting uh, upset about things. Uh, in hanging out with people, I started feeling, becoming, sounding more cocky about music production as though you can't tell me anything. That was slowly starting to show in my vibe. Uh, Nobody said that. I was noticing that very deeply. So when somebody would talk to me, I would notice that in my mind, I have very like, screw you, man, kind of a vibe. 
but externally I'm smiling and talking to you. So the more you lie to yourself, the bigger that lie keeps becoming. Um, and I didn't want to just become famous and play music and have money and fame and all that. If it was not authentic musical passion, if it was happening for motive for achieving status, it felt completely wrong. So while the peak was happening inside, it was already going down um, pretty bad. So I realized that until this thing isn't solved, because at this for one or for a few years, I was also with my parents around that time living with them in Dallas. And seeing that, you know, you have this whatever regular family arguments around regular day to day family issues. And then I have all this stuff going on where I'm trying to do something big, big, but I'm feeling weak internally. So when my iPhone video went super viral, I actually physically felt weak. And then I felt nauseous. And then I threw up probably happened three days. And then I turned off my computer and I didn't check anything for like a week. And there were emails coming in from all sorts of news channels. Like, well, not, yeah, there were news channels, actually TV news places. They're like, yeah, let's do this interview. And I was, seeing the emails and just close see the email close see the email close all these artists that were reaching out for collaboration um i would just say no to it because i really knew that if i want to make music in my life this needs to be addressed first because everything comes from inside of here and if that's not fully understood uh why is everything feeling so chaotic then it needs to be that would be pretty reasonable to start with so for the last seven years i have well also during that whole two three years peak depression i was i never felt like i'm just gonna sit do nothing i was always addicted to watching tutorials so i started learning after effects um cinema 4d blender 3d animation and i got pretty good at that in realistic interior design all of this stuff like game design game models and then i started applying for game companies and everywhere they were like, yeah, you don't have enough experience. And then I, when I, w- I would apply for music, they would say, you're overqualified. We're not looking for this stuff. So I started seeing that. I was like, dude, I should either make music fast because I need to find a way to sustain financially. So I started figuring out how to make music and I couldn't. So all I decided was just keep learning. This knowledge will come in handy one day. I kept learning, kept learning. Then I applied to this company in Seattle two, uh, three years ago now. Uh, fly homes it's a real estate company i was like hey i make interior design and stuff um do you want a virtual reality tours for all your properties i can do that in unreal engine and all this stuff and they said hey good portfolio actually we're not looking for that we're looking for real estate agents so if you want to study and get a license then you can help us sell homes completely opposite of what i wanted and i was like sure let's do it and i started studying for real estate for five months and uh stop doing all 3d all music everything and i was just like i need to first get finances because i don't have any way to sustain this so i came here for real estate one year later COVID, and then i got laid off and since then i've been i started learning analog synthesizers i didn't know how they work so for the last two years i've been pretty obsessed with just going deep into analog synthesis and now i feel very very well versed with it um, so currently in my life, there's a lot of music happening constantly, like endlessly with uh, no dates for uploading, but yeah. 
that's amazing that you went through all that and recognized it and, and had the self-awareness to work through it and even take a step back to come back, you know, to a point where now you can approach it from a healthy place. Like, you know, definitely says a lot about the strength of your character and, and your level of self-awareness to like, like, man, I, 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 I definitely see the older I get, you know, when I listen to artists that blow up late, talk about like, thank God it didn't happen when I was 18. Cause I couldn't have handled that when mm -hmm. I was 18, 20, I was like, yeah, fuck that. Like, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah I'll, I'll afford an expensive therapist if I have to. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's so much deeper than that. And, and to hear your story is, is, is crazy. And it, and it resonates a lot, even though of course I haven't been through that, but yeah, you know, no, it's, it's respect. it comes down to that where you say that, oh, yeah, that, um, you know, like you're saying earlier, it happens. You're like, screw it. I'll get a therapist. Uh, for me, it used to always be like that, that, oh, when you meditate, it feels good. So I'll keep doing all the crazy shit I want to do. When it gets really bad, I'll just meditate. That makes <laughs> yeah. it better. Um, and so I would, that too. I would do that and then I would meditate. And naturally, through meditation, uh, all the billion types of ways that there are, you, you know, uh, it becomes very confusing because you're constantly trying to find the right meditation that will actually free you from this problem. But you're failing to see that you're still doing it for a motive, not to see the necessity of a quiet mind that is able to become active and really think for itself. But it becomes a, a, a thing for reward that I will do that, then it will be rewarding. Um, and you do that, you do meditation, you do it a year, two years, whatever time, like uh, for the last 2020 and 21, uh, I would say there was a period of like good nine months where I was meditating three hours in the morning and then three hours in the evening, straight, like no movement. Um, and then it went to four and then I kept questioning that, what am I doing? I still have it in here. I'm still trying to find psychological uh, security. Like I'm trying to feel safe. That's what I'm doing every day. That's why I thought, oh, I'll do music and I'll become popular and then I'll do all this. I'll have a successful career. Then what? Things will be good or whatever. Uh, and failing to see that from childhood, that's what I've been doing every year. Setting a goal, achieving it, thinking it will be okay. And then that becomes boring. And then I do the next thing. And then I do the next thing. And it's an endless search of through external accumulation, my internal will come to peace which is an illusion. It never happens. Um, and from that, I think it, then I started seeing, I was like, I rely on this meditation stuff. And then when it really got bad, I did it. And it seemed to have fixed it, but then it would come back. And then I would have to do meditation again. Then it would come back. Then it would come back. And that's when I realized I was like, oh, you, you got to go more into why this thing is happening. Because it's not happening just to me. It's happening to pretty much every human being that I know that there's this constant struggle for becoming and becoming a better, happier person tomorrow, not right now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Hit deep. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious, like, you know, you, you hit this big high of, uh, you know, social viral recognition that you didn't expect and, you know, it, it became like a mirror for a lot of the things, you know, that that were unsettled inside of your mind that you, you know, you you found that it 
you know, that it brought on a period of depression after that, or, you know, that coincided at least. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and you've spent a lot of time working on that. And I know a lot of, you know, a lot of people out there, most people are, are struggling with some aspect of mental health and going through it. And a lot of creatives especially uh, are going through it, whether it's depression or anxiety or, um, you know, executive dysfunction or uh, imposter syndrome, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, you know, I would love to, you know, to get into some of the, you know, the specific, like, lessons you've learned along the way that that we can give the listeners that, you know, if somebody's, you know, felt a similar way, you know, regardless of the the amount of views on YouTube, that something Mm -hmm. that can help them. Yeah, Um, you know, the the tricky thing about an answer to this question is that it requires the person that is listening uh, and wants to bring about this change uh, to actually be have this burning passion inside to see what I am doing every day of my life. If I am not free to observe and be truthful to myself, and face who I actually am, then everything else becomes a, a sort of like an illus- illusory um, help or in a way of like, it can buy you some time. Like I may say, oh, start doing this more, you know, start cleaning your room more. Um, I can pull a Jordan Peterson, some stuff like that. And I'll be like, hey, <laughs> do things and then things will be okay. But I know deep down inside that that doesn't work. Because from childhood, we have been doing that. There have been problems. And the world says, put your life in order this, this way. And so do that. So I would really say that it is important to know why, what, what, the, what the actual motive is behind what you're doing. If you are, um, you know, because going through this negative thing is a real stuff that's happening to brains all over the world. And those that don't go through it in a severe way, still go through it, but in a very small way. And they're pretty good at just hiding it and like putting a rock on it and just moving on from there. Um, But when someone is going through this negative and really wanting to, you know, come out of it, I strongly would suggest to not want to come out of it. The desire to come out of it is what creates the next set up for the downhill later on in life Mm. Um, because i want to come out of it so then i will start putting things in order outside and when i do that that i'll clean my room i'll get up i'll meditate for two hours and i'll go and go on walks and look at the sunset and be nice and all those things that becomes a method that you set up and you're setting that method method so that it will take you out of this thing You can do that and you can find books all over the internet, videos everywhere that people tell you exactly to do that. And they're motivational and it buys you some time. But once the brain perceives that this is a cycle that will happen again, because I'm trying to escape it by doing something and whatever I'm doing will eventually become old. And then this will come back again and now I have to set up a new system. So that means I'm constantly escaping from what is to what should be. Mm. And when I, when I try to escape from what is to what should be, all conflict starts in the mind then. Because I can't stay with what is. What is being, I put a video and all, all comments are saying, oh my God, this is the worst song you've put on, put online. Like, how, I don't like the song. Now, can I look at that song and realize that 
I'm if I get hurt from that person's feedback, um, then I may start saying, oh, this guy doesn't know anything or screw this guy or screw that guy. These people are wrong. And then I may start taking it personally. And once the more I think about it, the more that will become, oh, man, I shouldn't be making those kind of songs. Actually, that guy was right. Whatever it is, it starts becoming very personal. And when it becomes personal, I don't want to face the fact that there's just people saying that, hey, this part of your song sounds too crowded. You should change it. If that's a fact and hundreds of comments are saying that, I can either look at it and really actually see that, yeah, this is a fact. I need to change it. Or I can be heard from it. And then I can say, wow, people are so mean and so wrong. You know what? I'm going to just do me. I'm just going to be this and that. So you fail to really learn from what the world is showing you. And so you're trying to change what is, which is people are saying your song doesn't sound good. And to what should be, which is that people should be more considerate about artists. People should be more considerate about me and how hard I work. But the truth is that people are not. The non-truth is that people should be or that people are. That not, that's a not non-fact. So if I can see that that is, then I can begin to see what next. Okay, you're saying this, what next? Let me go look at that song. Let me go open the project. Then I'm free to observe that there is crowding in my song at this part. So to anyone, you know, whatever is happening, it's important to know that am I escaping daily by saying that I should do all these things, put my life in order? If I know that I'm escaping, then I can stop escaping and I can start learning what is this feeling that comes in that makes me want to escape to begin with. Whether it's insecurity, fear, isolation, loneliness, whatever those are, to really observe that feeling very carefully is something we are not ever told to do or taught to do. We're usually told how to find a method so that this can just go away, so that you can get strength and then just push this away. Don't think about these things. But that's what I've always done since childhood. And now I want to question, why is this happening? And what is this feeling? I don't want to go away from it anymore. Because I see that running away from it brings it back all the time, constantly. Mm -hmm. um, so then I can start to see, to stay with it. So if somebody is wanting help, um, I would suggest us four to continue this conversation another time, because this requires a much rather deeper thing to talk about but if you love music and you're not finding that motivation um doing other things to get motivation is only temporary i am personally never interested not never i wasn't and now i'm not interested in temporary motivation i want to be motivated a motivated human being that where the motivation is acting i don't have to search for it anymore so my help or the help that I can provide will be to get to the bottom of that on why do I want to be motivated? Why am I unmotivated all the time? What is happening? What am I seeking? What am I searching? Um, that is the actual thing, not just in music, but even anywhere else, parents, non like friends, cousins, relatives, whoever it is. Yeah. It's amazing how not obvious we are to ourselves and how yeah. we have to go through the pain and struggle. And even then it takes serious vulnerability and reflection to look back on that and uh, all part of being a flawed human being. And um, man, yeah, I don't know what else 
what much more to say besides the fact that it's amazing that you had the foresight to take a step back and be like, I have everything I wanted and I'm actually going to leave it mm-hmm. behind and try something else. Like, you know, I, I definitely, you know, listening to your story and seeing how it caught up, I've been over the years, like, I don't know that I would have been able to handle that as well as you did. And, uh, you know, uh, it's amazing that you've broken it down like that. Yeah, it it definitely is absolutely important. Take take as much time as you need to come to terms with what's happening in here, because then you never have to once you once you see what is happening, then you won't have to run away from it. Um, Then it's done, then rationally, you will be able to act moving forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, from from your answer, which is beautiful, and thank you. Uh, you know, I really hear that. You know, it's important to, you know, have have a willingness to sit in the discomfort to learn from it, because it's not like this discomfort is something that's arbitrarily happening for no reason. Yeah. That you just need to take a happy pill and get over, so you can go, you know, back to work. It's yeah, like, okay, yeah. there's seriously something inside of me that is not, that, that this isn't working for. And sitting in that discomfort is the way to get to know yourself and to understand yourself as a human being better, which yeah. is kind of the only actual cure is to actually know yourself. Yeah. If you don't know who you are, then you don't even know what you are searching for then the mind is just going mechanically from one loop to another, escaping something and going towards something that it may have created itself. Um, and I think one thing that does help, uh, you know, to see this put into perspective is to see that my depression is not my depression. Depression isn't Indian, American, Pakistan, wherever. It's, it's human being mind that is going through sorrow, pain, anxiety, misery, isolation, loneliness, fear, division amongst each other. This is happening all over the world. So my depression is not individual to me. It is the depression of mankind. It's been happening for two, 3,000 years, probably, since beginning of Christianity, Hinduism 7,000 years before that, whenever that thing got set up. Since then, constantly the human brain has been searching for that same security out there and doing that it has created nations all sorts of different organized religions practices methods that doing so will get there to see that this is the whole aside from the few people that are probably not doing this most of us in which there's this whole mankind is going through sorrow that sorrow is not my sorrow it's sorrow of man If I make it my depression, it becomes selfish, self-centered. I isolate myself more when I think this Mm -hmm. depression is mine and not yours. When I see that this is not me, your brain is the brain of a human being. I am the same thing as you are. You may have different memories with different culture. I may have different, but deep down inside, I feel the same thing. And if I know that you and I are not separate, it's in fact... Me calling things mine is what makes me separate from you. My country, my color, my this, my that, my religion makes me separate from you as a human being psychologically. And when I see that all of these divisions are coming from me and that me is the same common me as everybody else, 
then that division ends because I'm now not separating myself from somebody else. I can see and analyze what this depression, loneliness, just the sensation of it without saying this is bad, this is good, I want to fix this, I don't want to fix this. Sit with it and see that this is what's been happening for thousands of years on this planet, that it's not personal to me. Then from that, I can, I'll be free to look at it uh, without condemning it or praising it or doing anything about it. Because what we do is we say, oh man, I'm feeling this, this is not good, I should be doing all these other things. When I say, sit with that feeling of, oh man, this is not good. What is that feeling? Find out, look at it. And you'll realize that when you're looking at it very carefully, the separation between you and that feeling will end. Then there will be only feeling. There won't be me feeling that. It'll be just the feeling. And when that happens, then all conflict comes to an end because you realize this is just a chatterbox. That's what's creating all of this. <laughs> totally. Um, I'd love to ask, um, before we wrap up here, just, um, you mentioned you were getting into, uh, analog synthesis and mm. you've been re-inspired to do music and I'd love to hear a little bit more about, um, you know, what's, what's been re-inspiring you. Are there any artists that you're looking up to nowadays or anything in particular that drew you to analog? Yeah, actually, um, Tipper drew me to analog. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if he does analog or not a lot, but just seeing how different sounds he was making got me really into it. But just two years ago, I was in uh, Dallas at a guitar center and I was just there with my friend. I was like, let's just go. Oh, we wanted a guitar cable. Um, and we were in the synth section and I'd never known difference between analog synths and synthesizers. I used to just think they're all keyboards with presets and sounds. Um, and the whole time I was making metronome music, I knew synthesizers like massive and all that stuff, but never got into analog. And the guy at Guitar Center, he... I happened to stand, be standing next to the Minilog XD, uh, this guy right here. And hey. I saw that the guy, he was like, oh yeah, check this out. This is two analog oscillators. So it's like, you know, electricity based sound. And he was telling me all of that. And I was like, heard it. And immediately I could tell this sounds really clean. And that day my friend was like, dude, I'm buying this now. And I was like, what? Immediately. And he bought it. And then I came back here and I bought that also. And then when I bought it, I realized I don't know what it's doing. So I was going through presets Then I was looking online for presets. And then the more I searched, the more everyone was like, dude, learn how synthesis works. And so I started just playing with the mini log. Actually, that's the one that started one oscillator, then turned the filter and then sent LFOs around. And I was like, oh, that's what has been happening this whole time. Signal flow, control voltage. When I heard that, at the same time, I also heard the Slow Rush album by Tame Impala. And uh, that was two years ago. And man, I was like lost. I heard that and I just wanted to recreate every synth sound, everything he was doing. Kevin Parker's like whole vibe switched up the synth work for me. Then I got more interested into in like just saw waves, basic saw waves, but slight movement, good reverb. Before I was trying to make just all these Skrillexy, tippery sounds. Um, but when I started seeing the potential of like real clean, warm tones, then I started getting very, very addicted. And since then, I started learning DCV rack. Uh, then I started going back into Massive, Serum, Vital, and initialized preset and making my own uh, and just seeing how I can assign so many things everywhere, just shaping it. Gave me that same feeling that I got when I first started making my beat pad videos and when I first played the bass and everything. There's something about learning something new that makes you go, oh, all my doors have now opened up. That moment is what 
needs to be actually looked at carefully, capitalized on uh, without, you know, any motive about it. Because you see it naturally happen. I looked at something, I listened, and my brain automatically went, holy shit, now I know what to do. Um, I think the mind from there just doesn't give up. It just picks it up. And it's like, I'm addicted to this new thing. Um, since then, every day I wake up, I just turn on the, I just turn them on, let them warm up, walking back and forth, doing things. Even if I get three seconds, I'll just play a chord and move away from it. It's just <laughs> so addicting to do it now. And now yeah. I'm getting deeply sucked into Eurorack world. Um, I may have to stop seeing the daily downloads, you know? That so we need a wallet. Weekly <laughs> downloads. Yeah, daily downloads. <laughs> I need the daily downloads now. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I saw Dylan's the, the sidewall and I was like, man, when he came here, he stayed with me and I was like, should I buy one? And he's like, oh yeah, you should. I was like, yeah, you're not going to tell me not to start that. How are you? And uh, then everywhere I went, everyone's like, hey man, be careful with the modular. You won't stop wasting your money. And I was like, yeah, the, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, awesome. Man. Well, um, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, what you make when you get that wall of modular. Oh yeah, yeah totally. Cool stuff. Now I, I've gotten world. the chance to hear hear some of the things that are in the works when I was over there with y'all. Oh uh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, even, I'm even, looking forward to that too. Yeah, that that's gonna be fun. Do you guys own any modulars, by the way? I have uh, those guys over there. Oh, I see Patrick Cables. Oh yeah. Yeah, I have. When is it up for size? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's it's not a huge setup but i i spent like quite a lot of time like researching and and figuring out like what what do what do i use for my sound when i'm producing and like what kinds of things can i not do in the daw and then like doubling down on like only stuff that would be cool or like different with analog and i got to the point where so what my friend Aaron sent me like the rack and like three modules and he never used anymore. That started the whole obsession quickly filled up the first rack. I was like, all right, what's the cheapest case that has MIDI in bought that filled that up. And then I was like, wow, I've spent a lot of money on this and, <laughs> and it's time for me to not buy anything for like years. <laughs> yeah. Get like super deep on everything that you can do. Like, and like, like actually like reading the manual, like front yeah. to back. And you'll realize people making these Eurorack modules build so much depth into this stuff. Like that one button that you thought just did that one thing. If you hold that button and then press this other thing, now that thing that was a quantizer oh, is now a step sequencer. And you can like, and then it's just like, oh, fuck. Now I got to learn like all of the ins and outs of See, that. And that I think like, yeah. It's a very intelligent and uh, uh, a legit good thing to do to know that knowledge is more important than the money. Like, I'm so glad that I've over the last few years, I decided to put give more importance to learning. But as a kid, I was like, man, I just want a million dollars so I can buy all the things. I and know. I'm so glad I didn't because had I bought all the things since seeing so many options and not knowing what to do with them makes you convinced that you don't know anything. You end up selling it. You end up losing all the motivation. And I think that's the best thing where you're like, I have simple things and every day I learn a new feature. I have no reason to add another thing until I know everything about what I have. Yeah. Like I just figured out like yesterday, my random generator marbles by mutable instruments 
can also play at audio rate and create like incredibly sick, like glitchy square wave stuff and responds to like control voltage through the rate of how fast it like basically creates this gate pulse. And so like you can send pitch information into something that's normally sending pitch information out of it and control like the tone with like how long you make the loop of like the information and stuff like it's there's so much depth oh so freaking awesome and just like one module like this yeah just super fun yeah, VCV, have- rack, vcv rack is getting me really into this heavy i remember when dylan was here he's got vc rack on his ipad and as he's talking walking around he just randomly picked it up patches one cable turns it off and puts it back in his bag <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm afraid to get VTV rack because I know that there'll be something in that that I'm like, oh, this is sick. I need to buy it in real life. Oh yeah, that's true. I just don't, I don't even want to turn that on. I like I need like there's so much more depth that I can still get out of this. Like until I've literally read every word of every manual and done every feature a hundred times. Like yeah, I'm good. Thank you for saying that because that makes me realize that. You know, I have, I have an advantage over not owning anything modular, so I can keep using everything in VCD. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. Cool. Sue, yo, tell the people where to find you. Where, where um, do you want to be found? <laughs> Twitter, Instagram at It's Metronome, and hey, YouTube.com slash It's Metronome. Uh, for yeah, the last check out those years, videos if you haven't seen them. They're, they're wonderful. Yeah, I've been very inactive on social media, but uh there's no plan to not be active ever there's no such plan so amen and uh new music coming date to be determined (laughs) date to be determined yeah tbd can't wait to hear it man and thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your very valuable insight and just being very real and transparent yes uh, it was very, fun. You know, a lot of respect for that. It thank takes you, uh, it takes a real one to open up like that and share that. And yeah. uh, man, you got great energy. As have the last like couple of guests we've had. I feel honestly. so rejuvenated and inspired. And I'm sure. Hey, honestly, uh, my you voice, guys you have feel great the same energy. Way. You know, it's been it's felt very warm and inviting. So thank you for that also. Um, yeah. And I can. It doesn't. It makes sense why everybody else is also feeling this way because pretty casual, nice, friendly family energy here. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I hope we get to do this again sometime. Yes, I, would I would love, love to, to dive I, deeper. I love talking. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Amen. Awesome. So we should awesome. get so fun for our, our modular part two discussion and get real deep. And oh, I am down. Yes. I would love modular discussions because I'm, I don't know how that works too much and I want to learn as much. Yeah, you have good questions. <laughs> yeah. I, I just found out about VCV rack as you guys mentioned it, and this is insane. So I would love to just oh, hear dude, you guys rap. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, VCV rack is wild. Yeah, so many so, gems of perspective. We appreciate you coming on so much. Amen. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me over. Yeah, and the way we end this, we always give them a peace. Peace. Wait, hold on. And, and peace among worlds. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hi right, guys, have a good night. Bye, bye, humans. Hey. Peace bye. out, Metrodome. Appreciate See ya. you. Have a great one. Yeah, you too.
Alright humans, thank you so much for being here with us again with us and Metronome. Uh, go follow him at It's Metronome on all social channels. Uh, make sure to check out his song of the week down there, Reflections. Those links are in the description as well as the links to our sponsors like Dojo TV where you can get free producer live stream classes from the Dojo Senseis. There's live track feedback, there's a uh, a live podcast with us and you get access to a private discord there's lessons in how to produce uh you know getting having fun with music uh getting quick and getting sick with cryptochronica there's uh, leo lightwork even does a meditation class once a week in there and there's like uh, dojo tv house parties and live stream shows dj sets bill gates does lessons once a month it is amazing like all that for free just for clicking that link uh next up we got tesco's new patreon channel where you can get educational content project files access to his discord with track feedback and you can even hire him for private lessons i took a lesson with him last week and it was amazing i learned so much you know i've already been doing this a long time but he had some amazing insights on my mixes and getting everything just dialed in so that like the focus of my track sits just right. Highly recommend taking a private lesson with Tesco. Uh, he's extremely dope at all aspects of music production, very good at explaining things. And for real, he, you know, he's, he's a master at Ableton, but he can also help you no matter what DAW you use. Um, next up, Weekly Download, where you can learn from Bill Gates and his private weekly group lessons and get access to over 250 more episodes in the archive for just 20 bucks a month. Amazing deal. I've learned so much from the Weekly Download. Uh, and then Guest Practices, where you can learn from Seth Drake at the Approach Institute. He's the best engineer we know, and your first class is free. You can get more episodes, socials, free sound packs, and stuff by going to our website, thehumanmusicpodcast.com. And follow us at Human Music Pod on Twitter and at The Human Music Podcast on Instagram. And until next week, when we're back with an episode with House Ninja, uh, you can uh, hear me tell you peace <laughs> and peace among worlds. I like it.